Hey y'all, this is May, and I want to welcome you to Crimes of a Decade, a text true crime podcast. This season, I will be discussing murders from the year 1970 through 1979. Today's story is of a male murderer from 1975. So grab you some Whataburger and open that Dr. Pepper. Let's go back in time to Texas true crime. In 1975, Saturday Night Live debuted on NBC. That same year, Bic launched the first disposable razor. Another thing that happened in 1975 was a police officer who took an interrogation too far and then tried to hide the evidence. Please join me in walking down Erie Lane. This is going to be a weird question, but I am curious. If a close family member or spouse came to you and confessed to killing someone, adamant that it was an accident, but no one would believe them, and then proceeded to ask you to please help them hide the body, what would you do in that situation? I decided to text my mom and sisters this question. Their responses didn't disappoint. My mom responded, I would convince them to turn themselves in. I would stay by their side and supply them whatever I could. Middle sister, I would call and tell mom and then do whatever she said to do. Oldest sister, I would help them hide it and act crazy if caught. Dennis Dunford found himself in this exact situation on the night of September 14, 1975. His future father-in-law, Frank Hayes, the chief of police of Casterville, asked him to ride along with him, quote, to be a witness if there was any trouble. Dennis agreed, not realizing how terrible this night would end up. See, Chief Frank Hayes had some sort of grudge against a man named Richard Morales, Here's a brief history that led up to the events of that September 14th night. Richard Morales was arrested on August 7th, 1975, on charges of failure to deliver several cows he had sold. But the Medina deputy who made the arrest ended up releasing Morales without processing him. On September 12th, Morales voluntarily appeared at a court hearing in Medina County which satisfied the warrants against him. During this time, Frank Hayes somehow obtained the misdemeanor arrest warrants and was itching to get his hands on Morales. On the evening of September 14th, Hayes decided his grudge could wait no longer. He called over to Candelero Zepeda, a constable in Medina County, around 8.30 p.m., and asked if he would go with him to arrest Morales on those warrants. Since it was Sunday and late, Zepeda advised Hayes it would be best to wait until the next day, declining to go with him that evening. Hayes, frustrated, 
decided to go a different route. And around 9.40 that evening, he called the 911 dispatcher in Hondo, Texas, to request that they contact Don McCall, one of his deputies in Castroville, and to tell him to call Hayes at his home. When McCall called Hayes, he was instructed to arrest Morales on the warrants and to also get serial numbers on different items in the home, including a stereo and TV set that Hayes believed to be stolen. A friend, Steve Worthy, a Bear County deputy, was doing a ride-along with McCall, so he accompanied him on the arrest. Yes, I realize many names have already been said, more are to come, but I will re-explain who everyone is after the main story is told. McCall arrested Morales that night, and when putting him into the patrol car, Frank Hayes arrived at the scene with his future son-in-law, Dennis Dunford. Hayes walked over to Morales, who was sitting in the car, handcuffed, and opened the door. He pulled Morales from the car, threatening to kill him numerous times while striking him continuously in the stomach. Hayes looked at McCall and said, Take the handcuffs off so this thieving son of a bee can run because I want to shoot him. McCall looked at his superior, but did not move to take the handcuffs off. Looking around, Hayes realized needed to reevaluate his plan again and told McCall to put Morales back in the car and meet him on the old Highway 90 bridge at a place called Three Points. McCall, Worthy, and Morales in the patrol car with Hayes and Dennis in the car behind them. On this road, Hayes turned to Dennis and said, don't be afraid if you hear a few shots fired because I'm going to try to scare him. They all arrived at the location Hayes directed them to. McCall and Hayes both got out of their cars, where Hayes told McCall to tell Morales he was going to kill him, and that he better make a statement about the stereo and TV set. Reading McCall's reaction, Hayes then said, I can change my mind. I don't want to do it here. Follow me. Oh, I don't want any car lights on. Make sure yours are off. The officers got back in their cars and drove down Old Quilly Road for about five miles until Hayes turned off onto a one-lane deserted gravel road, traveling down it about a mile before getting out of his car. By this point, the officers had gone about four miles off course from their route to Hondo Medina County Jail. Hayes approached McCall's car and again stated he was going to kill Morales if he didn't give them any information took the shotgun Steve Worthy was holding and told the two men to take off Morales' handcuffs. They struggled, however, to do this in the dark. Worthy attempted to turn on a flashlight, but Hayes reiterated he did not want any lights on. He then proceeded to hit Morales several times in the stomach with the butt and the barrel of the shotgun, while stating, I've killed a Mexican before, and I'm fixing to kill another one. Throughout this time, McCall was able to get the handcuffs off, and he and Worthy were instructed to leave and go on back to Castroville. The men did as they were told, but instead of leaving completely, they drove about 200 to 300 yards away, turned the car around, and parked. Ten minutes later, they heard a muffled sound and then saw the dome light in Hayes' car go on. 
Hazen Dennis drove up to McCall's car, and the men had this conversation. Hayes, Don, I killed him. It was an accident. McCall, you liar. I would have heard the shotgun blast. Hayes, you didn't hear it because the shotgun was stuck under his armpit. Morales is dead. He is laying in a ditch. Hayes and McCall jumped in the car, leaving behind Worthy and Dennis, and went back to the spot McCall left Morales, and he searched the area, but was unable to locate the body. The two officers then went back up to the spot they left the other two men, and this is when Hayes instructed McCall to call Hondo and tell them, your prisoner had escaped. I'm putting you to the test. I'm going to see who is loyal to who. Hayes would also only show McCall the shotgun, but refused to turn it over to him. And with that, McCall and Worthy made their way to Hondo. Right before the shot was fired, Hayes was harshly questioning Morales, pushing him with the butt and then the barrel of the shotgun. When Morales pushed the barrel of the gun aside and stepped back, the shotgun discharged, killing Morales. The bolt entered under his left armpit from a distance of about six inches away, from the lateral side in an upward direction, hitting him in his lung. After his conversation with McCall and convincing them to leave, Hayes and Dennis drove back down the road. Hayes jumped out and went down the ditch, to the body and instructed Dennis to drive the car down closer. Then Hayes put mats down in the back seat of the floorboards, and he and Dennis loaded the body into the car. They then tried to cover up the crime scene and proceeded back to Hayes' home. On this drive, Hayes turned to Dennis and stated, I want you to know that it was an accident and that I'm sorry for getting you into this mess. No one is going to believe me. Uh, do you, by chance, happen to know of a place where we could bury the body? Dennis just replied, no. Once at the home, Dennis got out, and Hayes' wife, Dorothy, got in the car, and the two went for a drive. After about an hour, the couple drove back to the home, and his wife and Dennis switched places again. Hayes and Dennis drove the body out to a place called Flat Rocks Road, took Morales out from the back seat, and placed him in the trunk. The men then attempted to use dirt to cover the blood on the ground, and then drove back to Hayes' house. Once there, Hayes instructed Dennis to open the trunk slightly and place some mats in there, and then go clean himself up. During this time, the Hayes' home had been receiving calls from Constable Serta, trying to figure out what was going on, as the Morales family had shown up at the Hondo County Jail looking for Richard, but were not able to locate him there or in the field he was last seen. Back at the house, Hayes then involved another person, his daughter Jenny, who was engaged to Dennis. He asked if Jenny would accompany her mother to East Texas. The mother and daughter then left in the car, with the body still in the trunk, and made their way to San Antonio, Texas, to pick up Dorothy's sister, Alice Baldwin. 
The next day, Monday, September 15th, 1975. The Morales family went to visit Frank Hayes, asking where their family member was. Hayes responded, I don't know what the heck is going on. Richard had escaped, and I have no idea where he is. Hayes also made this same statement to the sheriff in Hondo. Dennis was arrested in San Antonio, and he confessed to everything. After this, the police arrested Frank Hayes and charged both men with murder. The three ladies made their way to Carthage, about 400 miles from where Morales was killed, stopping only to purchase some shovels and for Dorothy to call her employer at Jefferson State Bank in San Antonio to tell them she was having car trouble and was somewhere near the Louisiana border. The ladies then made their way to her brother's ranch, where they ended up burying the body in a shallow grave. They got back in the car and drove to Alice's cottage in Lano, Texas, to clean up. It was there that they were apprehended by police while in the process of disposing bloody garbage bags and shovels from the trunk of their car. Even being caught with those items, Dorothy denied knowing any knowledge of Richard Morales' body, but eventually relented, confessed, and led Texas Rangers to his body, which was found buried under three feet of dirt on her brother's land. Before going on, let's refresh our memory on the people involved in this tragic crime. Frank Hayes, Chief of Police, an actual murderer of Richard Morales. Dennis Dunford, future son-in-law to Frank, was with him during the murder and helped to load the body in the car. Dorothy Hayes, Frank's wife, buried the body. Jenny Hayes, Frank's daughter and engaged to Dennis participated in driving the body to burial site. Alice Baldwin, sister of Dorothy, helped to bury body. By 1976, Dennis Dunford was granted immunity in exchange for his testimony against Frank Hayes. Jenny Hayes Dunford has not been charged with any offense. Alice Baldwin has not been charged with any offense. Dorothy Hayes pled no contest to a misdemeanor offense and received one-year probation and a fine of $49.50. Frank Hayes went on trial on July 6 on a charge of murder. He was convicted two days later of only aggravated assault and given the maximum of 10 years. This obviously sparked outrage in the community. A fight for justice began in Texas for Hayes to be tried again, this time being charged with violating Richard Morales' civil rights. In this statute, the federal government can step in and, if found guilty, can carry up to a life sentence when a death is involved. Many funds and protests helped to bring attention to this case. Some of the jurors in the Hayes trial came forward at this time, with Luther Sheldon, the jury foreman, stating, they thought the conviction was for murder by aggravated assault. Other jurors agreed with Sheldon, 
saying they were confused by the wording of the choices open to them for conviction and the charge to the jury made by the judge. But the appellate court said the case is not reversible because each of the jurors were individually polled immediately following the reading of the verdict. If that is what they had intended, and each answered, the verdict was what they returned. In February 1977, things changed, and the people were heard, as on February 23rd, Frank and Dorothy Hayes, and Dorothy's sister, Alice Baldwin, were all indicted by a federal grand jury. Frank, charged with depriving Richard Morales of his civil rights, and Dorothy and Alice charged as accessories to the crime. All three went on trial September 26, 1977. On September 30th, it took the jury three hours to find all three guilty. Frank Hayes was sentenced to life in prison. Dorothy Hayes was sentenced to three years in prison. And Alice Baldwin was sentenced to 18 months in prison with 12 months suspended and five years supervised probation. I want to say a huge thank you to law.justia.com, library.ucsd.edu, San Antonio Express News, and all the other great resources that helped me get all the information for this episode. I will put a link to their work in the show notes. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Crimes of a Decade, a Texas true crime podcast. Please join me next week when we discuss a female murderer from the year 1976. If you're enjoying this podcast, I would love for you to hit the subscribe button. I would also love for you to rate and review my podcast on iTunes, as it really does help out. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at crimesofadecade at gmail.com.